to another episode of A Tiny Revolution. I'm Kevin Garcia. I'm the host. You are listening or going to be listening to a playback of the live show that I did with my friend Micah J. Murray, the live show that we did with QCF, which was the Q Christian Fellowship National Conference, which was all digital this year, if you didn't know, and it was absolutely smashing. I, I Honestly, I, I don't get psyched up on things very much, um, but this conference for me was actually really life-giving in so many ways and just actually turned me on to a lot of ways that I am excited about connecting with community in new and in better ways. One of the ways that I wanted to start connecting more was uh, actually through the Patreon community. So for so long, it's been this way of y'all supporting the work that matters, quote unquote, but it really is, it was like what I, what I thought was like, it's time to like, I want us to take us further. I want as a community for us to start moving beyond just uh, listening to things about changing our mind and changing our lives into actually doing it. So the Patreon community got a little bit of a facelift. And so what that means is that now the reward system works like this. You're either, it's three, it's a three tiers uh, sliding scale, if you will, at 11, 22, and 33, and you pay what you can. Um, and all the rewards are the same. There's a monthly workshop. There are uh, bi-weekly Q and A's. There is deep connection. There is um, opportunities um, for like things that we're starting out, like book club and like friend speed, like friend speed dating that we can do over the internet. And then also for live events in the future, you're gonna get um, early access to shit like that. And then also just like. Uh, I'll send you my book if, if you if you ain't got it yet. Um, I'll absolutely send you a, an ebook copy um, of my book if you want that when you become a Patreon supporter. And like it's it's kind of taking the idea of spiritual reformation to the, like the, the teaching level. Like I want to start showing more people how I'm arriving, where I'm arriving, what I'm learning, and how you can do it for yourself. So if that interests you, if the things that we've talked about on this podcast have been interesting at all, and you want to get into a deeper practice around that, I want you to come join us over on Patreon. It's at patreon.com slash the Kevin Garcia. And with that, the thing that I've also noted, and probably you've noted too, is that there's been a huge uh, tick down in my, what I would say is like my quote unquote content. And I think that uh, I can, you know, respond one of two ways. The first way I can respond is by getting really down on myself and saying, oh, you know, I need to be better. I'm just like, sure, maybe I need to be better if I want to be a good content creator, but I'm not trying to be a good content creator. I'm just trying to be a good human. But what I find so interesting for myself is I, <laughs> I recognize is that, you know, Kevin, like you feel shame about not being able to do this thing or not doing what you ought to be doing. And at the same time, uh, you tell everybody to rest as much as you need listen to your body and something i think my body has been telling me this past week is uh i'm i have to rest more more than i think i need to i think my body's been telling me that i am more affected by the things going on in the national arena than i like to admit you know, I'd like to be somebody who can just be above it all and just like pretend like there wasn't an insurrection on Sunday, pretend like uh, I'm not actually a little bit nervous about what could happen next. Um, even with a Democratic president, even with a Democratic Congress, even with um, all the progress we've made, um, 
you see the face of white nationalism and Christian nationalism uh, on full display, being empowered, emboldened, and not being punished. And it's a scary thing. So I'm here to validate that for you. If that's something that you've been struggling with too, same. I've had a lot of hard feelings and I've tried to you know my body is, and so how I respond is like my depression says oop we need to sleep and so I just sleep I use the I, this is my rule right now sleep when you're tired eat when you're hungry you know check in with your people make sure you're drinking your water and taking your meds if that is as much as you can muster up good for you that's you know like there's people who can't even do that and that's not saying that they're bad it's just saying like you know like we all gotta hold each other you know, there's no comparison in, in our struggles at all. It's just, you're welcome to bring yourself here. So if you're around and you're listening to this podcast and you're feeling like you're alone, I just want to let you know that you're not. There's a whole lot of us out here and I, um, I'm i excited about creating new ways for, <laughs> you probably heard the dryer in the background. Um, <laughs> um, I'm excited about creating new ways of connection for all of us. And that's something that QCF really showed me this year. It's where I'm kind of grounding my hope is that, you know, there are more people waking up now more than ever. I hate that it had to take a fucking insurrection for so many people to start seeing it. And um, this is also like, you know, I'm starting to see repentance from some people that I never thought possible. So that kind of gives me hope too. And then we're also seeing capitalism flexing its ugly face and evangelicalism, you know, worshiping the beast (laughs) you know what i'm saying anyways um i'm excited about this conversation with my friend micah that i'm sharing with you like i said it was live from the q christian fellowship national conference it was the pre-conference podcast stage um so big shout out to qcf for even inviting me into that space and a big thank you to my friend micah j murray for coming on and for those of you micah has been on the podcast before talking about the work we do as like deconstruction coaches and things of that nature and what i thought was so interesting is like very recently he just said really casually on instagram that he was by and i'm just like <laughs> okay we're not just gonna like pass that up what does this mean what do you mean by that because being bi can be a whole bunch of different things and so we get into this wonderful conversation around like you know who is quote-unquote allowed to identify as queer and uh you know being a straight passing person or being in a a marriage that passes as heterosexual or passing as a straight male or white privilege male privilege we get into a bunch of delicious things um around like identity politics and also just like the worthiness of calling yourself queer and if you hear nothing else hear this it's just like if you are queer you're queer just you it doesn't really matter like if like if you identify that way if you find your attractions are not straight then you can be queer that's the way you want to identify um doesn't matter what kind of oppression or you have or have not had it's not oppression olympics but we get into that in the the show um it's a long conversation so buckle up strap in and i love you um let's get into it this is my conversation at uh qcf live with my dear good friend micah j murray Good evening um, from Atlanta, Georgia. 
and from the Brian M. Xteen podcast stage here <laughs> on the interwebs, where we all are. Uh, welcome to QCF's uh, pre-conference podcast stage in a digital conference. This is actually my first digital conference that I've done. Um, uh, so I'm very excited to be with you. Um, there's 65 humans. This is so cool. 66, like, get your internet right. Come on, get it together. Just kidding. Um, big shout out to uh, the, the team at QCF for putting this whole thing together and actually making a podcast stage possible even during a pandemic and making some semblance of a conference. Um, I know for many of us, we are community deprived uh, and I'm so excited to come together, which means I'm just like, oh my gosh, why haven't we, I've been doing this more often. So cheers to you. Um, yes, it's LaCroix in there, but I didn't want to sip it from a can because I didn't want to look too basic. Anyways, um, uh, if you're over here, uh, if you have any questions for us, you can submit them through the Whova app uh, using the Q&A feature. And I'm going to be noting those on my phone. Um, so that's how you can get there. You can also chat it in here. Uh, chat it in here. I don't know how to do these things. Uh, but we'll be looking at the Q&A uh, and all that good stuff. All that good stuff? No, the person who says all that good stuff at the end of something means that they're not, they don't know what they're supposed to be saying right now. We know it's true. Anyways, um, so welcome, everybody. We're going to just jump right in because probably got a good some good shit we got to cover. <laughs> because it's been a wild day for many of us. Um, so give a, a warm QCF welcome to my good Judy, my friend who has known me since when I was straight, um, Micah J. Murray. Welcome to the show. Hello, my dear friend, Kevin. It's good to be with you. It's good to be with you, too. Um, wow. Um First, I want to start off by saying thanks for doing this a last minute because I was supposed to tell QCF staff, um, who was my guest uh, on December 28th, and I asked you like two days ago. So, honestly, last minute is the only way that I get anything done. So, it's perfect. That's true. Like, honestly, it's like when you send me an email, I'm either going to respond to you within 45 seconds or you're not going to see you're not going to get a response from me for a week. Yep. Or never. Yeah, or never. So please um, uh, follow me, like, you know, DM me and tell me I'm, I'm failing you. Just kidding. Anyways, um, Micah is um, a human from the Minneapolis area, uses he, him pronouns, is a dad, married to a nice lady, and, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry, that was gross. Had tacos earlier, and now I'm drinking something bubbly, so... No one is surprised. I apologize if you're grossed out by that. Anyways, Micah and I kind of work in... No, we do. We work in similar fields as, um, you know, deconstruction coaches slash um, are we Christian or are we, like, trying to not be Christian or do a new kind of Christian or, like, a different kind of spirituality? Who knows? Is God is alive or dead? Who knows? Um, but, yeah, Micah, how would you... I mean, you've been on the podcast before, so like, but yeah. for people who are meeting you for the first time, describe yourself for, I just. Yeah, just I'm exactly what you said. I'm a dad. I'm a daddy. 
I live in Minneapolis. I make shit on the internet trying to lead people astray. Uh, To invert the words of the Apostle Paul, I destroy the religion I once preached, and that religion is oppressive fundamentalism that supports all the bad shit, the sexism, the bullshit that's happening in Washington, all of it. Uh, Anything that's toxic religion, bad fruit, bad tree, burn it all down, Jesus said it, I do it, that settles it. Ooh! You know, I could just yo. Can we just uh, can we just have a moment? Shout hallelujah! Yeah, there's going to be an altar call before this is over. You know, Kevin. Every time we get together, I feel like there's an altar call. Listen, I'm just I'm just trying to come back to the heart of worship. You know what I'm saying? It's all about you. All about you, Jesus. Always was. I'm sorry, Lord, for the thing. I made it. I was listening to the Frozen 2 soundtrack today, and I thought of you and how you do beautiful covers of songs. And some of the songs on the Frozen 2 soundtrack are some of my favorite spiritual songs. Mm. And I feel like we need like some post-theism covers of Into the Unknown and Show Yourself. Yo, she's here for it. This is also something I've been thinking a lot about, too, is like, I want to make music in 2021. Um, Because I have this dope-ass synthesizer that I bought on sale that my friend suggested to me. My friend who's a DJ, so he's like really cool. Um, But he suggested I get this thing, and I just haven't done anything with it, mostly because, you know, time and also like trying to pay bills and whatnot. But I feel like I'm this year might be the time I actually finally get space to do it in a way that's going to be, you know, what I actually want it to be. So I'm, um, I'm hopeful. Anyways, I think about all the time the songs that like, I have a playlist on, on my Spotify. It's a playlist I have for myself just called like new worship and Maggie Rogers is on there. The light light on by Maggie Rogers. It's a perfect song about the absence of God and also maybe the presence of God at the same time. I love it. We need, I need to make a playlist like that because there's a few songs that that hit just right. It's hard to... Mm. F- I mean, there's a lot more songs about Jesus, but I guess those ones sell more. And that's the thing. Uh, we get the, the And I also think that's the thing that's like, that we're moving beyond is like the need to sell anything, at least for me. Because like I figured out how to, you know... You know what? Yeah, I did figure out how to pay my bills. I almost knocked on my own wood, but like I'm not superstitious like that because what am I? I'm abundant as fuck. I'm so sorry. Speak Uh, that into existence. Name it and claim it. Yep. Starts with me. Hallelujah. Set that intention. Set that intention. Set the table. Speaking of intentions, um, the the Ku Klux Klan tried to take over the the Capitol today. Yep. So I just wanted to like start there and name that for yeah. a lot of us. Like over the past few hours, we've been looking at the news and seeing what happens when uh, basically this is the problem child of evangelicalism and the Republican Party. Man, I was thinking today about the poems I wrote in high school about like God's going to do a work and take this nation back for his glory. And because of we've done too much abortion and too much gay stuff, God is Mm going to like judge our nation. And we're going to get like me high school. I could have like, I was always a pacifist and lived amongst the Amish. So I wasn't like Mm -hmm. a militia person, but 
those values were very much my values for a long time. And it's very surreal to see it play out. It's just very surreal. Yeah, and also totally a- expected. It's like, yes, of course. Oh yeah. Most of us are like, if you've been paying attention or just like, they told you they would. Yeah. Like, like it's one of those things where just like tr- Trump, if anything kept, did keep promises made promises kept bitch. You know, he did it. Ab- he kept his promises to do all the horrible things he said he would. Abusers are are fairly predictable. Mm. Oh my gosh! Did you see? Like, I saw it live when he like made that address. He's just like, "We love you, and you're very special." And I'm just like, "Oh my god, you're talking to your inner child." The right projection. Now. I know. I thought the same thing. I was like, "You want to hear that so badly?" I was like. I'm like, you know, I, like it was just, it was so stunning. You, it was so stunning it to was see. It was like right on the nose. It was like, I, I tweeted about this. I was like, whoever's writing the dialogue for this season of the United States is like being a little heavy handed with the thematic elements. Like we get it. His father didn't say that to him, but like have some nuance in your screenwriting guys. They're all out of like, nuance. We, uh, we're just like, just like guys, let's just. You know who he reminds uh, me of though is it just sounds so much like if Michael Scott was evil. Oh my God. And just took it to the, listen, I, I want to be a people to be afraid of how much they love me. Right. Like the, just Yikes. the, the craving to be loved and like that need mm-hmm. for it. And it's just such a, it's tragic and evil and awful the way that our need to be loved turns us into demons. If it's not mm-hmm. healed. I mean, like you can't understand, Oof. understate the evil that that man has done. And yet it's so obvious that the evil comes from a place of such emptiness. Yeah. And that's where, like, when you view it from 10,000 feet up, it's like my deep, deep, deep sorrow is always going to be for some. I'm like, that is someone who is suffering. Yes. And also some like if there's a child who's running around a room making a wreck of the room, do you let the child continue to do that? No, you grab them, you sit them down and you help calm them down and say, what the fuck is wrong? With you. Yeah. Well, don't say that. Just like, tell me what's wrong. Don't say that. <laughs> Nobody say that to a child. I'm I'm not a parent. Look. Um, obviously. Sometimes you say what you have to say. Parenting is hard. You know what um, John Mayer once said? He said, say what you need to say. Say what you need to say. Say what you need to say. He says that 16 times in a row, and it, piss, it pisses me it off. It makes I me so angry. I have so much rage about that song. I'm just like I'm like the uh, like. Do you realize like the like the the musical poetic irony of what you're doing? Here? You know what he should be doing is writing uh, bridges for fucking worship songs. Let's give them sixteen phrases in a row. They love that. Oh my gosh! Listen, I I feel what is it? I feel an abundance. Of, I feel the sound of an abundance of rain or some shit. That one. It's like which if you say it enough times, maybe it feels real. You know, if we turn on the strobe lights and the fog machines, maybe you won't realize that we're asking you to participate in your own brainwashing. You are good, Ooh, good. Baby. You are good, good. It's like if you really believed God was good, maybe you wouldn't have to try to fucking convince yourself of it so many times. My God. My goodness, my God. Sorry, Hello, everyone. I'm salty tonight. I'm sorry. No, she's, listen, you know what, I, you, you're who I came for. This is, baby, this is what I came for. That's what Rihanna said. That is what Rihanna said. Are we just going to quote song lyrics out of context all night? Is this is this what's going to happen? Because I was homeschooled Absolutely. and I'm at a great disadvantage here. No, no, no. You're doing great. 
You know enough. Previous like, to 2004, all I know is Josh Groban. Listen, you raise me up so I can stand on mountains. That's the truth. Josh Groban was the first concert I went to. You can see why people don't know whether or not I'm gay or straight. They're like, that's not straight guy shit. Josh Groban was Speak. your first concert? Yeah. It's like, um, it's, it's a question. And so this is, you know, like segues nicely into the thing that I would love to talk about too is because uh, recently on one of your Instagram posts, you just casually put out, yeah, I'm this, I'm this, I'm bi, I'm this, I'm this. And I'm just like, huh, that's new. But so, is uh, it really? Is it? Girl, not for me. We, But it was one of those things where just like I feel like this is something that I have heard in a couple people around just like, well, I didn't go through the same kind of oppression that my queer friends did or my bisexual friends did. So it feels weird for me to say that. Right. Because like, you know, because I've never had sex with a dude and I'm married to a girl I'm not queer or I'm not bi or I, I can't claim that title for myself. Yeah. Even though it's like, that's the empire telling you that you can't be yourself. Yeah. God, I've got to stop burping into the mic. That's so disgusting. So you want to just get into the nitty gritty? You want to like bust this thing open? Get me in. I want you to bust this open. Okay. You know, you were around back when I was like freshly divorced and on antidepressants and was calling my God, friends those... and was like, am I gay? You remember that, right? Yes. I, 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 I would always answer. It's like, I don't know. Are you? And I was like, I don't know. Like my sexuality was so repressed as a fundamentalist. Like how could mm-hmm. I possibly know? Because the way that you often hear someone telling a story of like God's view of queer sexuality of like, this is disgusting. God hates me for Mm -hmm. this. The shame, like I need to defeat this monster. I felt Mm -hmm. the same shit about being attracted to girls as a teenager, like read 19 year old Micah's journal. All sexual attraction in all directions. Yeah. But for me it was girls. And I was like, here's a list of all these homeschooled girls that I've had a crush on. And I feel so guilty. And this is an affront to God and God's jealous. And you know, the whole deal. So God is a jealous God. He's so also jealous. also a man. Right. And so then I got... Tegan and Sarah are so jealous. Did you listen to them? Oh, yeah. You weren't a lesbian yet. That was my I, time. I was, I've was. i never been a lesbian, and I'm very unlikely to ever be one. But I know. love that journey for you. Uh, Thank you. Anyways. Sorry. You get confused. You don't know. You never get a chance to see who you are. And then you wind up being like, I don't fit in any of these boxes. I don't fit in the gay box, but I also don't like the shit I do is not straight guy shit. What's going on? And then you get antidepressants and it kills your sex drive completely. And then you're, you're like recovering from divorce and also having a complete identity shift. Mm -hmm. And you just start being like, I don't know, is straight the right word for me? Hmm. And, you know, I've always joked about this, like at Christian college, you come out as either uh, a, oh, what did I say, uh, a preacher or, or a uh, apostate or bisexual that like everybody from Christian yeah. college became one of those three things. And I, I'm all of them. Um, so, you know, but I'm also married to a woman. So here's where I've kind of struggled with the idea of how do I label myself in this because I recognize that my 
like my queerness has not cost me anything. Like I have not experienced oppression because of it. Like when I, when I felt shame and guilt over my sexuality as a teenager, it was about like my attraction to women, to girls that I felt like shame about. And when I have like experimented with my bisexuality, it's been in a context where it was like advantageous to me. Like mm. when I was divorced and bored and lonely, I could easily find a warm body to kiss by going to a gay club. Like it was very low risk for me. Um, mm -hmm. And now in the community that I'm in of ex-Christians, I joke that we're all kind of low-key bisexual because mm -hmm. as we've deconstructed a lot of our religious beliefs, we've also deconstructed like the strict binaries of gender and orientation and stuff, right? So mm -hmm. you're like, well, yeah, I'm married to a woman and all my crushes are on women, but also I enjoy looking at touching and kissing men. Like, what is that? Mm -hmm. You know, what label? So I'll tell my friends this, make jokes about it, put it in Instagram captions. What I don't want to do is put a rainbow flag in my Instagram bio and be like, I'm queer because I know that in the world in general, to be a queer person is a location of oppression. But in my little bubble of ex-Christianity, to be a queer person then I would be like, oh, I have this new thing I can mm -hmm. talk about and I can have this space that I can take up and I have this microphone mm -hmm. that I can, as a queer person, mm -hmm. I feel like this and that. I haven't, that's not my place. I haven't lived that mm -hmm. experience. Um, and I don't also, want can to- I pause for, can yeah. I pause for two seconds and yeah. only just to push back ever so slightly is another argument that could be made is that the fact that you were unable to even conceive of the possibility that you might be attracted to a man or enjoy that kind of like sexual expression is a expression of oppression, the oppression of your queerness, not being able to do that. So even though the suffering looks different, it's still suffering all the same. It's just different. You know, why did it take so long for you to, to come to an idea of just like, this is just who I am. This is okay. But like, yeah. I don't need, I don't need to do those things. And also to say like, additionally, queerness isn't a monolith, you know? Mm -hmm. It's like, so it's like, you know, like, cause like the person who comes out, like, you know, when they're 50 years old has just a different kind of journey and suffering than the person who comes out when they're 16. Yeah. Um, the person who comes out when they're married to a woman and has a, a beautiful family and children who's very happy is still just as valid as the person who comes out as a queer single person. Yeah, so it's not say, about like, validity. It's For me, it's about taking up space. Yeah, and the thing is, like, I just want to say, you can identify however the fuck you want, and I want to say, like, if you ever wanted, if you ever did, like, when or if it becomes an important part of you to say, like, I don't know, you're allowed if yeah. you want it, you're allowed. Like you have, uh, you get the you get the lanyard. Sure. If you will. Well, I guess that's not new to me. Like, like yeah, I'll say I'm queer. I'm bisexual. Mm -hmm. I have no problem. Like, put mm -hmm. on the record, Micah J. Murray is queer and bisexual. Uh, <laughs> you know, but 
and everybody on Twitter went wild. No. I don't want to do like so I I grapple with this. I I hear the idea of representation and like represent queerness is not a monolith, but there's a part of me that just feels so wary of that mm. kind of Yeah. You know, and especially like, well, this also doesn't like this also does like this is like uh but what is really good cuz I've said this to you before mm-hmm. is that you think that you're like you're so mindful of all the ways that you don't want to hurt people which is so necessary and needed um that you forget that I like I would say let's like you're like sure yeah and like here's something for both of us we're both white passing we're both cis male passing we both benefit from if we needed to pass it straight, we could. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you know, we have that kind of safety within ourselves. So even though, you know, like, it, it's just like uh, we have the privilege. Mm-hmm. And so like, even with that, like, you know, even within queerness, like we're, there's still like levels of privilege that we acknowledge. Mm-hmm. And because you're aware of that, then because we are aware of that, I feel like and also we're not afraid to say that we're sorry. Mm-hmm. Um. That's the thing. It's just like, I will like, that's the thing is like, we under, we understand that we've already for forgiven, if you will. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we actually believe it. What a fucking concept. Well, I don't I, know. You know, but that is so much a part of this for me is exactly right. The thing that you bring up is like all the ways that, that I am kind of on the privileged side of oppression axes, like straight passing mm-hmm. in a, straight monogamous marriage i mean not straight but in a married to a woman a heterosexual you know, marriage it it's traditional i mean it's it's divorce but whatever anyways you know <gasps> then your marriage ain't real get out of here you well, sinner just kidding that's fine but you know all these things white educated like i'm in grad school all these things i'm on all these uh axes of privilege and in our like I guess I just want to, like you said, be mindful of that. And I felt more Mm -hmm. comfortable with airing on the side of that. But a question for you is like, in our circle, right? Like, Mm -hmm. we both know, and maybe this isn't a thing that I'm supposed to say out loud, but we know that if I put bisexual flag icon in my Instagram bio, that my clout would go up with the people that I'm talking to. For sure. You know? And I feel like... Is it is it absurd that I have some sense that that would be kind of like stolen valor, like trying to claim an experience? It would imply, I think, that I've had an experience that I haven't really had, and I don't want no, to take I, away I, from. No, I it. would, I would, I would disagree with that. I don't think it implies anything besides you saying I am bisexual. Yeah, but you know how it works. Of course, like because at the end of the day, like you know, granted, like well, here's my thing. Why not? Yeah. Because it's like, if there is somebody out there who is a bisexual man who's in a marriage to a woman who is also deconstructing and is still planning on staying married to his spouse for forever because they love each other, blah, blah, blah. But him getting that validation because he sees some, he sees himself out there, that's helpful. Sure. And so just like, you know, if it, if it helps, you know, it's like, 
you know, I feel like there's like, there's like, I don't want people to think I'm trying to steal the spotlight. And then it's like, well, like, well, are you? And if the answer is yes, well then great. Then you know that you don't want to do that. Right. But if the answer is no, I really just want to know, let people know that they're not alone or I want to share my, this aspect of like who I am, that bisexuality isn't a monolith or like blah, blah, blah. Like if you know your own intentions and you can trust yourself, which you can mm-hmm. and you do, um, and again, you can identify however the fuck you want and like, you know, do it however you want. But the invitation is definitely there. Um, so, you know, put the bisexual flag somewhere or not. Uh, but you're valid <laughs> and you're welcome. Like you are so like and like that's what I love about not to bring it around to like we're at a conference. <laughs> but like that's what like QCF like is so beautiful is because. We get to have conversations like this where it's just like, I'm just now trying to grapple with how do I identify? Mm-hmm. And that's a question so many people have. And like, it'll, it might change. Yeah. Because right now, like, you know, it's like, I'm not going to talk about it as much. And then maybe later on, it'll become really important for some reason. Yeah. Or maybe it'll never be important. Who the fuck knows? Yeah. I mean, it's kind of like, I want it to be so... It, so gender binaries are kind of ridiculous in many ways, right? Right. right. And I've, I've joked about this on Twitter that like all ex-Christian guys become, somebody was like, where's all the ex-Christian straight guys? And I was like, well, we all become queer when we become ex-Christian because you realize like the category of straight is kind of dependent upon a binary that you don't even recognize, right? Exactly. So Exactly. You know, it's like, it's not realizing that I'm bi instead of straight. It's realizing that the idea that attraction has to follow a binary is just Mm. a a symptom of a fundamentally absurd way of looking at the world. Very good. And that segues brilliantly into the other thing I know that you wanted to talk about, too, is because... You know, I like I like the word queer for myself and like I like this idea of just like thinking of queerness less as a spectrum and more like a cosmos um, of just like, you know, and this is how me and my friends like we'll talk about like when we're um, talking to about like people we find attractive in public, but we're trying to like, you know, be uh, have be tactful. Right. When am I ever tactful? Lols. Um, <laughs> LOL. Uh, but the. uh We'll say, do you think that person is in orbit or do you think they're on Earth? And so if they're in orbit, if they're in the universe, if they're in the cosmos, they might be queer. Or I'm like, nah, that person, like, they're in the Marianas Trench. They're so, like, cishead, it's painful. Um, but anyways, the cosmos, that's where I need to get. That's the whole point of that story. <laughs> Segway ourselves straight into the cosmos. Yes. Yeet us into the cosmos. But this is what I was thinking recently. It's just like, you know, if... So I love... My favorite thing I've been geeking out on recently is this idea, like, in the beginning... (laughs) God damn it. (laughs) Oh, Jesus Christ. I just need a a sound clip up in the beginning, god damn it. (laughs) That is a beautiful phrase. I Gold. love it. Put it Gold. on a shirt. Put it on yeah. a shirt. And also, if any of you are very offended, uh, my bad. <laughs> my Truly, truly my bad. Um, 
But like, if you look at the the Hebrew in the Genesis poem, uh, I believe it's chapter two. It's like where where the human is formed from the dust of the earth. But it's um, you know God, the male God, coming down to work with the earth, which is the Adama is the Hebrew, which is the female reflexive of the Adam, which represents which translates to the groundling or the earth one, um, and so. The male god consorting with this feminine earth, bringing forth something completely, a third thing, something different. And then from that, showing itself as like, you know, like these two polarities that are somehow pulled into one thing. Very Trinitarian in nature, isn't it? Um, what I'm, I'm, the way I'm going with that is like, the whole universe has been conspiring to try to create some sort of different thing the whole time. Like trying to like birth something new, trying to break down the difference, like break down the, the barrier between spirit and matter. And to realize that like the miracle of our body is the intersection of spirit and matter. And so, yeah, all that to say, um, the binaries don't make sense anymore. And like, it's the same thing with me. It's like, it's not only within sexuality and gender, but like within spirituality and how we experience God, the divine, etc. Yeah. It's like, it doesn't make, it's like, that's what's so interesting is like you and I like both like have like publicly said, nah, we're not Christians anymore. And yet we're here at QCF and it's like, God, fuck, how, how do I keep ending up here? Yeah, I apologize to whoever put this thing together. I realized like 10 minutes into this, I'm like, oh, this is supposed to be a Christian thing. Uh, but when I was a Christian, a, there's a whole bunch of different ways to be Christian. So. Man, these, so this is where my Christianity has led me. Honestly, like, like I feel like Amen. there's a faithful trajectory that for me led from fundamentalism all the way out here to the void, to the death of God. And it's the same mm-hmm. thing that drew me to Christ has drawn me beyond Christ. And maybe if you don't have mm. trauma about the word Christ, you could say the universal Christ. Shout out Richard Rohr. You know, we love Shout it. Shout out. Who's speaking later this weekend at the Q Christian Fellowship. See how don't I just miss it. Just drop that in there. But so Richard, if you're listening, I would really love we would love to have you on our both of our podcasts, to be honest. Absolutely. Yeah. Richie. Richie, if you hear this. Please report to the podcasts of us. Yeah, report to the podcast stage, Rich. Okay, take this. How how about this for creation narrative, though? This is from uh, the book Pantheologies by Mary Jane Rubinstein, who suggests a creation story without any God at all. Like, leave God out of mm. it and just have the feminine earth. And instead Ugh. of masculine rationality inseminating life into raw materiality, feminine Mm. earthiness. What if you have a virgin birth of life? No male insemination needed. Our mother, the universe, gives birth not from the substance of another, but from her own substance, Mm. we emerge as not something other than our own mother, not created as a father creates external to himself, but created as a mother creates from her own womb is the universe is God. So it's not about an illusion between spirit and matter. It's about realizing that there's no such thing as a difference between spirit and matter. Spirit is nothing other than matter and God is nothing other than the world. Ladies and gentlemen, with all eyes closed and hands raised, 
It is a goddamn good religion. Let me tell you, the gospel of everything is good news. Ooh, is that your book title? I hope so. And you know, this is not new information. They've been trying to no. tell us this. The Chris, there's within the Christian tradition, there's folks who've tried to tell us. You know, the mystics. It's right there in front of us. It is, but it's also deeply syncretized with like Greek philosophy and like ideal forms. And then Paul doing whatever the fuck he was on about, and here we are. And Constantine got in, and he funded the the councils, and they made a trinity, and nothing's ever really felt right since then. Have you felt okay mm-hmm. since 300 CE? I just feel like the vibes have been off since the Council of Nicaea. <laughs> okay, I have to interrupt our rant, um, because we do have some questions from the audience and I want to make sure we uh, do that and answer that. Um, and I want to start off with this little comment. And it was asked by uh, or commented by Jana Ford. Hey, Jana, I'm glad you're here. Good to see you, friend. Uh, it says, I just want to acknowledge how amazing it is that I've been following Mike on social media since Redemption Pictures. Remember when? Old school. At the beginning of my deconstruction. And now we're both sitting here at a conference for queers. My early blog posts that were like, hey, Christians, maybe we shouldn't be absolute dicks to gay people. Maybe. I mean, (laughs) I remember like when I was writing for Bedlam magazine, which was like that delightful. It was like we were trying to be the edgy relevant. And we could have been if we all didn't get disillusioned with the church and just be like, ah, wait, it's not worth it. You know, Um do, 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 do. Um, let's go. Oh, let me start at the top. Um, That's back when I wrote why I can't say love the sin or hate the sin anymore. And they published it on Huffington Post and all the people were like, oh, my God, this is so edgy. Oh, man. Who knew? 2013 we were, was a special time. 2013. We were so edgy. But now. Look but, at you us. know, we now, were growing and I have compassion for our former selves. Like back when yeah. we were straight Christian boys. Oh, we, my God. Like, we really were trying our best, even though we made that straight club very gay. And we are still trying our best, and here we are. Like, the same thing that called me there has called me here. It's no, all, same. all one road. Like, we have just kept walking. And that's what's been really refreshing is, like, being able to say, like, there wasn't, like, a lot of people like, well, when did you know that you had to, like, change? It wasn't, like, a change of direction. It was, like, it was just, like, step. it's all... Oh, yeah. Like, if, like, you think about it, like, oh, we've all done an altar call, but just, like, we were called to keep going, like, walk past the altar, walk, Mm -hmm. you know, walk out the doors and keep going. Like, there's, um, you know, in as a, who says Into the Unknown? Is that also from Frozen? Yeah, Frozen 2. Goddamn. Best fucking religious movie, man. Um, Okay, let's read this question real quick. Uh, if you could only give one piece of advice for someone who is newly coming out and discovering their sexuality and how it coincides with the church, what would it be? I mean, we would probably say leave. Yeah, but we could do, <laughs> come on, Kevin, we're deconstruction coaches. Oh, we can, on. we can know, do better than I that. Know. Okay. Like, I think that there's some nuance to that. Like you have to listen to your own inner wisdom as to when it's time to leave. Uh, I would say that in my story, the time to leave has always been months or years before I got the courage to do it. And I Hell look back yeah. and I say, why did I stay so long in places that hurt my soul? 
Oh, come on. And why did I believe things for so long that hurt my soul? And the answer to both of those questions is because I was afraid that if I left those places and stopped believing those things, I would no longer be loved by God or by my community. And maybe that's true. Like, I have lost the illusion of being loved by God, but it was never really convincing. And in many ways, I've lost a community, but not worth it to stay in a place where you are being hurt. So if you are being hurt by your beliefs or by your community, if your body says, I don't want to be here when you're reading a text or singing a song or sitting in a, in a church, like, listen to your fucking body and let it mm-hmm. have air to breathe. And if you're afraid that you're going to get lost, you're not, because if God's worth anything, God won't lose you. And if God is the whole world, where can you go from its presence? Where could I run from your presence? Where could I flee from you? If I hid on the highest mountains, where where would you do? You'd find me. Yeah. If I made my bed in the Sheol, you're already there. Come on, somebody. Wherever you go, there you are. Yes. It's like, listen, I'm just a Bible-believing Christian over here. There's nothing you know? to be afraid of. There's just, oh. there's nothing to be afraid of. And that's the thing is like, in some ways, yes, you're, there are places and things like, I want to just like, I just want to echo what you said real quick, but the, the best, so the weekend that like my life changed forever was in the summer of 2015 when I went to, uh, the TRP conference in Atlanta, it was the second one ever. And I heard the closing preach, uh, preacher, uh, minister Carmarian D Anderson from, from Georgia. And she preached this incredible sermon and she said, basically the whole moral was like, do not go back to places that are below your worth. Mm -hmm. And she was talking specifically about when God healed one of, you know, one of the many people he healed, but a a blind man and said, don't go back to go home. Don't go back to the place where you were a beggar. Go to a place that values you. Don't go back to a place because you're not a beggar anymore. You've been healed. Mm -hmm. And some of us, like, you know, the first time Jesus touched him, he said, I can see things, but everything looks like trees. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, so it's like some of us, you get a taste of healing, you get a touch of it, but like you're still not used to it, you're still getting used to it. But like eventually, like, you know, like when you're ready to say, like, yeah, like I don't have to go back to those places anymore yeah. because and I wanna, I'm worth it. I want to affirm also that it is a journey and that there is no point of the journey at which you can say now you have right belief. Like you just know if you're moving towards wholeness, but you know, I talk shit about Christianity because I have, you know, things to say, but I want to affirm that there was a time when for me moving from evangelicalism into progressive Christianity was very life-giving. And the idea that I could have my human empathy and Mm -hmm. also have my relationship with the divine like that was very meaningful to me and having language about ethics and about hell and about the cross and like mm-hmm. di- about inspiration, like having different ways to apprehend these ideas was a part of my healing that, that I'm very grateful for. And so if you mm-hmm. are like l- coming into a space where Christianity is particularly healing for you, I celebrate that. And if you're also mm-hmm. at a place where you're like, I can't fucking deal with this anymore. I celebrate that also. And I can't say what your path is going to be, but it for sure is valid as long as you are seeking from an open heart. Mm. And the church said, amen. That's it. And I think it comes down to like, it's, um, it's a, once you get there, like, 
it's like I, I just want to say for most people, you're ready. You you are. Mm-hmm. You think you're not, but you are. Mm-hmm. You're never ready, but you're always ready. So stop f- stop fucking around. You can leave. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah. And I know it's what I'm not saying like you have to like leave the church completely, but you do you should leave the place that's hurting you. Yeah. There are churches out there that love queer people. There are spaces out there for you to belong. It might not be within a hundred miles of you. So find an online space for now until you can find the space around you, until you can find the people. Like, again, like QCF, you know, like plug in. This is your first time at the conference. This is the great place to meet up. And now that you've got this dope ass app, make sure you're connecting with other humans. And other places you can connect with us is like, come hang out with us on Twitter. Come hang out with us on Instagram because the conversations are happening. The connections are real because God damn it, me and Micah met on the internet uh, 2013. Yeah. We've known each other, and like, you you really are like one of my dearest friends. So like, don't fucking tell me that internet friends aren't real friends. And when the pandemic is over and we all have a vaccine in our arms, we're gonna have so much neat parties. You know what I'm saying? Oh. It is gonna be ridiculous. We're gonna start our cult in the hills. Yeah, come hang out with us. Yeah. Um, let's answer another question because we've got um a solid fifteen. And uh, also, a just reminder: if you do have questions, you can use those. Uh, you can use the Q and A part in the thing. And also, like I'm gonna look at the comments, see if there's anything in there. Do 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 do. Oh, Matthias says, "Can I just say I'm v proud of my two sisters?" Oh. Oh. Matthias. Oh. Um. Let's see. More some questions. Ooh, this one's fun. What actions of self-love can I take to fight the visceral feeling of shame when it washes over my body? Damn. Damn. Well, step one, take a deep breath. Doesn't that feel nice? Start. Do it one more time. when you feel shame when it washes over the body at least for me it's like i just have to be completely compassionate with myself because you know there's a part of me that's like oh i don't need to feel shame i can just think my way out of it and like if you can great if you can totally do the mind of the buddha and recognize that all you know i can just be non-dual and i can just release it sure great if you can't which is most of us at first and um, always and always forever. There's going to be some point when you can't shake something. Yep. And so when you feel it, the answer is the heart of the Christ, if you will. That's what I say. It's like ultimate, like unbearable compassion. Like if you saw your best friend who you loved in the whole fucking world feeling what you were feeling, what would you do for them? You would fucking hold them. You would mm-hmm. give them super big compassion and say, oh, my God, I did you know that you were lied to? Like it doesn't like it's like I know it hurts. I know that they mm-hmm. hurt you, but the past is over. We're here now, and I'm gonna be here. And this is what I t- this is how I talk to my body, dead mm-hmm. ass. Is like mm-hmm. when I'm having a really really hard feeling, I, I say to myself, "Oh, this is a moment of suffering. I know that I'm not alone in this. It hurts like hell, and I know that I'm not alone. And 
Thank God for impermanence because that means that nothing lasts forever, including this pain that I'm feeling. And that's also like the beauty of, I think, a good spiritual practice is like being able to remind myself I'm not alone in this. Other people in the world have felt this too. Mm-hmm. And it can't last forever. Mm-hmm. Literally, nothing lasts forever. And that's something that, like, when I heard that, my therapist gave me that you know, little meditation for myself. When I heard that the first time, it clicked with me that both in the way of suffering, it's not going to last forever, which is a way to give thanks. And also, even my joys, mm-hmm. the good things, aren't going to last forever. That, like, I live in a world that's spinning at a thousand bazillion miles an hour and, like, I'm a speck and blah, 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 existentialism. Right. <laughs> and so it's like... I have to savor this like, wow, I'm getting emotional thinking about it because like, this is the kind of faith I have now. Mm-hmm. It's just like, I have to savor this mm-hmm. because I'm never going to get this chance again, mm-hmm. ever mm-hmm. this breath. <sighs> Why would I ever want to spend it believing something that's not true? So going back to the original question around shame, now that I've blathered on and preached a little bit, uh, give yourself that much compassion. Treat yourself so kindly, like obnoxiously kindly, like you would like a little kid because that's the part of you that's hurting anyways. What about you, Micah? How do you overcome your visceral shame? <laughs> well, I think that taking taking care of your body is, yes. is so important and it's, it's much more doable because the like how to like get your thoughts right, taking every thought captive, uh, being mindful is very challenging. But I can make a cup of tea. I can light a candle. I can light a hey. stick of incense. I can put on some vibey ass music. I can get my big old weighted blanket and pull it up over my chest, and I can lay down and like let the good vibes, yeah. like arise within my body. Yeah. And I can go for a walk. Yeah. Oh. I can, yes. I can make moon. sure that I've eaten and taken my meds. Yep. Yeah. Drink something that's non-alcoholic and non-caffeinated. Uh, you know. And I think of that line from the Bible that says, "He restoreth my soul." And I look mm. in the mirror and I say that about myself: "He restoreth my huh. soul," because yes. I'm learning. And like I'm an Enneagram seven, we don't like to restore our souls. We just party our souls away. You know, when mm. we got the sad feels, it's party time. But learning to like take care of my body, to be present with the feelings in it, to be able to have that mindful distance to see myself suffering and say, you feel alone mm. right now. You feel worthless. You feel guilty. You feel despair. It's never going to get any better remember last December when you wrote the same shit in your journal and then remember how happy you were like two months later when you got over some shit and the sun came out. Like we go through sad times and then better times and you keep a journal and you can look back and be like, I wanted to die. I wanted to die. I wanted to die. And then in between I was like, Oh yeah, I'm glad I didn't die. Right. And you just remember that you just writing is so helpful for that too, because as you write, you can kind of make the narrative. And sometimes Mm. I astral project over myself as I'm writing and I'm like, Oh boy, that guy is full of a lot of sad feelings. Like, look at him Mm -hmm. go. Look at all that shit that's coming out of his pen. He is really going through it, man. He's suffering. I feel bad for him. He's going through it, but you know what? He's going through it. What are you going to do? And you can kind of... You know what you're going to do? You be with him. You be with him. And also you accept that you're going to go through it. 
And mm-hmm. accepting that you're going to go through it reminds you that it's not, this is just how it is now. It's mm-hmm. like, I, I will get, to, I've already had my worst day, you know? Mm-hmm. Yes. And here I am. Oh, what was the other thing? It was, um, I have been reading Inner Engineering by Sadhguru, who's like, oof, if you're not into his shit, he's so good. But he was just like, when you become, it was like, if you already know you're going to suffer and you can become unafraid of that, you can literally respond to anything. Yeah. It's like, you know, it's going to happen. It's like, so when it happens, it's like, oh my God, I knew this would happen. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so, I'm so prepared for this. And it's like, so it's like, it's really like the tone of voice. It's like, rather yeah. than like, oh my God, I knew this would happen. It's like, oh my God, I knew this would happen. Yeah. I knew this. Yeah. And that there's, um, even in that small little reclamation of like reminding yourself, like mm-hmm. I've been through shit before I can handle shit. Now I will can handle shit in the future too. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a, I can't ever remember that freaking poem, but it says just like rejoice with that every day something has arisen to kill me and has failed. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where we have to really like lean into that is like your shame, you know, feels real, but it's like the matrix. It's just in your mind. There's this line mm-hmm. that I... Mind makes it real. <laughs> that's well, mind makes everything real. Man, and in I, your body, like I'm not discounting all that stuff. Right. Please, Obviously man. we're pro embodiment. Uh, blah blah blah. Anyways, there's this verse that I I learned this summer when I d- I took a Buddhist scriptures class uh, in seminary, and there's this line that says, "When the monk is walking, the monk knows that he's walking," and it's this idea of like whatever you're doing, being aware that you're doing that and having your mind be in that moment. And so I ch- tried developing the habit of doing these check-ins, like. What is mm-hmm. what is the monk doing right now? Like, and can I bring my attention to what I'm actually doing? And I had a mm-hmm. moment this summer where I was like going through some stuff in my head and started to like get in a bad spot. And I like try to do a check in. It's like, what is the monk doing? It's like the monk is spiraling. When the monk is spiraling, the monk knows that he's spiraling. And mm-hmm. then it kind of like, oh yeah, I'm spiraling. This is a thing that I do. So it's like mm-hmm. when the monk is feeling shame, the monk knows that they are feeling shame. And when you can step back and get get like underneath it you're like i'm a terrible person nobody's gonna love me i'm filthy whatever you know your own personal mental narrative get on Mm -hmm. top of that and look down and see oh i'm experiencing shame and you're still experiencing it but the perspective shift helps you like feel a little bit more possibility because you know like oh experiencing shame is a thing that we all do oh and one more thing about this if i can talk to somebody about it Yes. Like, like, because the shame that you feel, I guarantee somebody else has felt. And 100%. So, like, reach out to somebody and be like, hey, I'm feeling really, like, guilty because I, whatever. Or, you know, I feel like I'll never catch up to people who got to have sexual exploration as a teen and I'm always going to be a dorky homeschooler in, in the sheets. You know, whatever it is that you feel. And somebody will be like, I feel the exact same way and I've been there and it gets better. And, like there's so many people you don't have to feel alone because when you feel most alone, that's when you need to like reach out and connect with somebody. And if you can't find somebody else to connect with, like message Kevin, message me, be like, Hey, I feel shame. And we'll be like, Mm -hmm. Hey, yeah, it sucks. You're not alone. You know, it's a real thing. You're okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, like in the last couple of minutes that we have left, I do want to like, just take a moment to like extend an invitation for both 
for on behalf of me and for you, just like this is actually something that me and Micah are super passionate about and something that there's an invitation for all of us here to do. Like we both like we talk with people and work with people both in groups and one to one, helping deconstruct the shit and the shame that you're still carrying. Mm-hmm. Um everything from I need to come out of the closet to I don't know if I still believe in God to I still believe in God, but I'm also maybe kind of a witch, maybe gonna read tarot cards and, you know, believe in vibes now. Yes. And I did I did yoga. Um, but I still love Jesus. Cause that's the thing is like in whatever way that you can love Jesus, I do. And I feel like anybody also who loves the poor loves Jesus, right? But also like if you wanna say for the first time, you know, maybe I don't actually love Jesus and I've just been saying that all my life but never felt say it. Say it. Like, say what That's you need cool to say. That's cool, too. Say what Come you on, need to John. say. Listen, John Mayer, the prophet. Yep. Voice crying in so the wilderness. You, yeah. Here's the thing. Like, I, be, I truly, truly believe that our blessed sister, St. Phyllis Tickle, was right. That the, every 500 years, there is a reformation. And I'm, I think it's here. And I think that, like, we're, on, we're starting to see what... what Christianity looks like outside of an institution. Mm-hmm. And maybe we're not even going to call it Christianity. I would like to call it not Christianity. Yeah. I would like to call it anything but Christianity. I don't want to take the legacy. I don't want to atone for their sins anymore. Because I am forgiven. And I am delivered. <laughs> With a T. I am delivered! Yeah, Shout that. out if you know, if you know the reference. Um, and also, sorry if you're triggered about that. Um, let me check the the group real quick to see if there's any, you know, last minute cues that we can answer that aren't too deep. Oh, here's an interesting one. See if you can say this in less than 60 seconds for both of us. If you no longer, quote, believe, unquote, why get a degree in theology? <laughs> oh, my goodness. It's so exciting. It's so exciting because there is so much theology that you can do without needing to believe in the symbol of an intelligent, supernatural, creative being somewhere in another plane. Like, there is theology. Did you hear that shit I said about, like, the world creates us through her own substance and there's no separation between spirit mm-hmm. and matter. That's fucking theology. And there is mm-hmm. so much theology outside the borders of orthodoxy that doesn't Ooh. need the God that you know is God in order to ask questions about meaning and reality. Oof. In less than 60 seconds, I'm impressed. And yes, that's it. And that is like, I got my degree in practical theology, which is pretty much like what you just said. It's just like the, my question is always just like, why does any of this matter? You know, mm-hmm. uh, theology is only as good as it is helpful. And so it's just like, yes, yeah, so we can, we can ask these big existential questions, but in the, at the end of the day, is it helping? You know, and the question is like, what the fuck is going on in the universe has always been the question that led me to God. And if I've reached an answer that is like, I don't know, but probably not God, that doesn't make the question go away. I'm like, okay, if not God, then what the fuck is going on in the universe? And that's Mm -hmm. still the question of theology is like, what is it in the depths of ultimate reality that calls to us and that evokes a mystical response? And how do we engage with ultimate reality in a spiritual way? And what should be the ethics of our life as a result? don't need God to do any of that shit. And we need to do that shit for those of us who can't believe in God. 
Oh, that's so sexy. I love it. But for real, okay, so we gotta wrap because right after this at 9.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, that's gonna be 15 minutes from now, Queerology with Matthias Roberts is gonna be live here on the Brian Eckstein podcast stage. I wanna give a big, huge shout out and thank you to all of y'all who stuck around for this. Like probably my largest podcast for a live show uh, ever. So thank you for coming. Um, if you want to catch me again, you can catch me and Matthias tomorrow night for the After Hours Game Night. Bring your best friend. There's cash involved. It's going to be dope. I'll see you there. And then also on Friday for me and Matthias's talk um, on shame and overcoming it. It's going to be really effing dope. So see you there. Micah, please tell people where they can find you on the internet and connect with you and your work and all that good shit. Yeah, absolutely. I'm on Instagram and Twitter at Micah J. Murray, MicahJMurray.com. And I also have a podcast called Existential Happy Hour, which you can find wherever you, you get your podcasts or on Instagram at Existential Happy Hour. The best way to get in touch with me is to follow me on Instagram and shoot me a message there because that's the only social media that I actually enjoy. <laughs> yeah, well, no, I love Twitter, but that's only because I'm petty. And uh, we have an episode on Existential Happy Hour. Uh, yeah! Episode five, me and Kevin uh, figuring out whether or not we are Christians. So if you enjoyed mm-hmm. this, check out that. Yeah. And if you like my stuff, you can follow me at the Kevin Garcia across social media. You can find me at thekevingarcia.com. My book, Bad Theology Kills, is at badtheologykills.com. Um, you know, if you like the show, become a Patreon supporter and we can have more conversations like this. Um, thank you so much to our interpreter team. You guys are incredible. Thank you to Q Christian Fellowship for hosting this. Thank you to Nathaniel Totten for being our QCF tech moderator for this evening. Um, I am going to probably pour myself one more drink and go to bed. I want to say shout out to all of you for showing up tonight. Thank you to every single organizer in Georgia. Thank you to Stacey Abrams. Thank you to the team at John Ossoff and Reverend Wafrael Warnock for getting us through. Um, we pray for the safety of everyone in the Capitol. And we also say, um, fuck you, Donald Trump. Uh, and the views of Kevin Garcia and Micah J. Murray do not represent anything necessarily with QCF, all those legal disclaimers. Not even um, our own views, honestly. This shit is a process. It's experimental. So Yeah, this is what I feel tonight. What yes. I feel tomorrow, who can say? Who can say where the road goes? There's a day flows. I'm going to stop now. (laughs) Thank you, everyone. Well, we had a great time. Thank you also to Micah J. Murray. I love you so much. I love you, too. Thank Um, you for inviting me. This has been another episode of A Tiny Revolution. Um, Please go take your medication. Call your person. Move your body in a way that feels good. Drink some water. Uh, Any advice? You know, love yourself. Love everybody. Love the world. Oh, wow. Love the fucking world, man. Love the world. Don't listen to what they tell you. Love every fucking inch of the world, except for Donald Trump. Mm. Fuck him. Fuck Donald Trump. Yeah, fuck Donald Trump. Okay, bye, everyone. (laughs)